Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Truth Seekers Podcast. A truth seeker is someone who wants to know the truth. They search for what's true, and they won't rest until they find it. I am a truth seeker, and if you are too, then you've come to the right place where we will search for truth each week in the stories of the Bible. In our last episode, we learned that King Saul and his son Jonathan died in battle against the Philistines. This was big news. The king of Israel had died. What would happen now? Who would take his place? Are you thinking David? What would David do when he found out that King Saul had died? Would he celebrate? Would he rejoice that his enemy was gone? When David heard the news that King Saul and his son Jonathan had died in battle, he and all the men with him took hold of their clothes and tore them. In olden days, when men would tear open their clothing, it meant they were in great distress, that they were very sad. David and his men mourned and wept and fasted, meaning they did not eat any food that day. For they were so upset for Saul and his son Jonathan, and for the army of the Lord and the house of Israel. This was a great loss for Israel, because they had fallen by the sword against the Philistines. David was so upset that he wrote a lament for Saul and Jonathan. Can you say lament? A lament was often a song or a poem written to express deep sadness. David was so sad, he wrote the lament and it said, Your glory, O Israel, lies slain on your heights. How the mighty have fallen. O mountains of Gilboa, may you have neither dew nor rain, nor fields that yield offerings of grain. For there the shield of the mighty was defiled, the shield of Saul, no longer rubbed with oil. Saul and Jonathan, In life they were loved and gracious, and in death they were not parted. They were swifter than eagles, they were stronger than lions. O daughters of Israel, weep for Saul, who clothed you in scarlet and finery, who adorned your garments with ornaments of gold. How the mighty have fallen in battle! Jonathan lies slain on your heights. I grieve for you, Jonathan, my brother. You were very dear to me. How the mighty have fallen! And after David had mourned and grieved the loss of King Saul and Jonathan, he came before the Lord, and he said to the Lord, Shall I go up to one of the towns of Judah in Israel? And the Lord said, Go up. David asked, Where shall I go? And the Lord answered, To Hebron. So David went up there, and he took his wives and the men who were with him, each with his family, and they settled in Hebron and its towns. Then the men of Judah came to Hebron, and there they anointed David king over the house of Judah. True seekers, let's stop here for just a moment. You might be thinking, wasn't David supposed to be the next king over all the tribes of Israel? Then why was he anointed over only one tribe, the tribe of Judah? What about the rest of Israel? Would he be king over them too? That's a very good question. You see, Saul had another son who was still alive, and that son's name was Ish-bosheth. Can you say Ish-bosheth? That's quite a name. 
Ishbosheth was made king over Israel after Saul died in battle by the commander of Saul's army. The commander of Saul's army's name was Abner, and Abner decided that he would make Ishbosheth the new king over Israel after Saul. Since Ishbosheth was the son of the late king Saul, then normally he would be the next one to be the king. But remember, God had told Saul that the kingdom would no longer belong to him or his family because of his sin, because of his disobedience. Ishbosheth should not have been anointed king by the commander of Saul's army, but he was. Again, David had to wait and be patient. That's right, truth seekers, more waiting. He asked the Lord what he should do, and he was willing to be king over one tribe until the Lord opened the door for him to be king over all of Israel. David waited another seven years, and during that time, there was war in Israel. War between men who wanted David to be king and men who wanted Ishbosheth, the son of Saul, to be king. David waited patiently, and he ruled over Judah for seven years, while Ishbosheth ruled over the rest of the tribes of Israel for seven years, until the day finally came when Ishbosheth was killed. And all the tribes of Israel came to David at Hebron in Judah, and they said to him, We are your own flesh and blood. In the past, while Saul was king over us, You were the one who led Israel on their military campaigns. And the Lord said to you, You will shepherd my people Israel, and you will become their ruler. When all the elders of Israel had come to King David at Hebron in Judah, the king made a compact with them at Hebron before the Lord, and they anointed David king. And this time he was to be king over all of Israel. Over all the tribes of Israel, David would now be the full and rightful king. That's right, true seekers. David finally became king over all of Israel, just as the Lord had promised him. He was 30 years old when he became king, and he reigned a total of 40 years. In Judah, he had reigned seven years, and he reigned over all of Israel and Judah for 33 years. Altogether, that's 40 years that David was king. Now, after David became king, he did two very important things. The first thing David did when he became king is that he and his men marched to Jerusalem. You see, the Jebusites were living in Jerusalem at the time. They were not Israelites. They were enemies of Israelites, and they had taken captive the city of Jerusalem. And they said to David, You will not get in here. Even our blind and our lame can keep you away. They thought, David can never get in here. But I'm sure you can guess they were wrong. Who did David have on his side? As always, David had the Lord on his side. David captured the city of Jerusalem from the Jebusites, and from that day forward, the city of Jerusalem became the capital city of Israel. It became known as the city of David. David built up the city and made it a great and strong fortress, and David became more and more powerful because the Lord Almighty was with him. 
and a palace was built for David with cedar logs and carpenters and stonemasons. And David knew that the Lord had established him as king over Israel and had exalted his kingdom for the sake of his people Israel. What was the second important thing David did as king? Well, now that David had established Jerusalem as the capital city of Israel, he brought together out of Israel chosen men, 30,000 in all. He and all his men set out to bring the Ark of God, the very Ark of the Covenant itself, to the city of David, Jerusalem. The Ark of the Covenant would now have a new home. Do you remember the Ark of the Covenant? The Ark of the Covenant was built by Moses a long time ago. God had given Moses instructions to build the tabernacle, and inside the tabernacle, in the most holy place where God's presence dwelt, was the Ark of the Covenant. God's presence would dwell between the two cherubim angels on the top of the Ark of the Covenant, and inside the Ark of the Covenant were the tablets of stone with the Ten Commandments written on them. David and his men went to the house of Abinadab, where the Ark of the Covenant had been looked after all these years. They set the Ark of God on a new cart and brought it up out of its house. And the sons of Abinadab were guiding the new cart with the Ark of God on it. And as they were bringing the Ark of the Covenant to Jerusalem, David and the whole house of Israel were celebrating with all their might before the Lord with songs and with harps, lyres, tambourines, sistrums, and cymbals. They were celebrating the presence of God once again in their midst. The mighty God who had gone before them in the desert, who had parted the waters of the Jordan and the Red Sea, who had brought down the walls of Jericho, who had defeated their enemies. Today was a day of celebrating the goodness of God and His presence once again, living and dwelling among His people. David, wearing a linen ephod, danced before the Lord with all his might, while he and the entire house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouts and the sounds of trumpets. They brought the ark of the Lord and set it in its place inside the tent that David had pitched for it. And David sacrificed burnt offerings and fellowship offerings before the Lord. After he had finished sacrificing the burnt offerings and fellowship offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord Almighty. Then he gave a loaf of bread, a cake of dates, and a cake of raisins to each person in the whole crowd of Israelites, both men and women, and all the people went to their homes. Now the daughter of King Saul, Michael, David's wife, had been watching David from a window as he was leaping and dancing before the Lord, and she despised him in her heart. She thought to herself, this is not what a king does. My father, King Saul, never would have danced unbecoming like that. When David returned home to bless his household, Michael, daughter of Saul, came out to meet him and said, how the king of Israel has distinguished himself today dancing and taking off his royal clothing, wearing only a tunic that of what a slave would wear. You see, Michael did not think that David had been acting like a king should act. She thought he had made a fool of himself dancing in the street like that. David turned to Michael and he said to her, It was before the Lord who chose me 
rather than your father or anyone from his house when he appointed me ruler over the Lord's people Israel. I will celebrate before the Lord, and I will become even more undignified than this. Dear True Seekers, David had waited a very long time to see God's promise come to pass. Does it remind you of anyone else we've learned about in our Bible stories so far? Who has had to wait a long time to see God's promises come to pass? Do you remember Abraham? He and Sarah waited 25 years before they had their promised child, Isaac. Do you remember Joseph? He was sold as a slave and sent to prison and waited many years before he was reunited with his father and his brothers. Waiting is something that God asks all of us to do at some time in our lives. If we've learned anything from David's story, it's that God always keeps his promises, even if it seems to take a long time in our eyes. David had many reasons to celebrate as he brought the Ark of the Covenant to Jerusalem. He was finally seeing God's promise to him fulfilled. David could not contain his joy, so much so that he took off his kingly robes and danced in the streets before the Lord. He also was celebrating because the presence of the Lord was being welcomed back into the land of Israel. Under King Saul, the presence of God was not welcome. King Saul was prideful and did not seek the Lord or his presence. David now rejoiced that God's presence would once again be welcomed among the people of Israel. You and I have reason to celebrate like David did. David was zealous for God. Remember the word zealous? Can you say zealous? It means to have great excitement for God. You and I can celebrate because God's presence is no longer limited to the Ark of the Covenant, but He now lives inside of you and me. We can be excited about that. Because of what Jesus did for us, God's love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, His forgiveness, His mercy, His grace are all given to us. We have many blessings through Jesus. This should cause us to dance and sing and shout before the Lord. Can you do that now? Wherever you are, can you give a shout of praise unto the Lord? Say, I praise you, Lord, for you are good and your love endures forever. Let's try it again. I praise you, Lord, for you are good and your love endures forever. Rejoice, truth seekers. There is much to celebrate when you know the God of the heavens and the earth lives inside of you and knows you by name. He loves you with an everlasting love, and that should cause us to celebrate him and not be embarrassed of him. David's wife tried to make David feel embarrassed, but David said he would not stop celebrating the goodness of God. You should never be embarrassed to be zealous for the Lord. Your excitement for the Lord just might give others a reason to celebrate too. If you'd like to read today's story in your Bible, you can find it in 2 Samuel chapters 1 through 6. Let me pray with you before we go. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that you always keep your promises. Even if you ask us to wait a long time, we will trust you and not lose faith. You are good, and you know exactly the right time for everything. Today we celebrate you. We lift our voice and shout and praise and declare that you are good and worthy to be praised. We rejoice like David did that your presence lives within us, and your presence is better than life. If we have you, then we have all we need. We praise you and glorify your name. 
In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining me today, True Seekers, and I look forward to our time together next week.